watching us online this morning, give God a big shout of praise. Amen. Put it in the chat. Give God a big shout of praise. We want to see it in the chat this morning. If you're here with us this morning, give God a big shout of praise. Come on, let's not watch. Let's worship. Come on, let's not watch. Let's give Him praise. Let's stand to our feet this morning and give God some praise. Worthy of our praise. Amen. 
come and do it again, God. I've seen you move mountains, God. Come and do it again, God. In the midst of your presence, 
I said, hallelujah, Jesus. Can we give them the highest praise? Hallelujah. Lord, let 
the lamb that was slain received the reward of his suffering. Can we praise the Lord today? I don't know about you, but I came here to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If he's been good to you, if he's moved mountains for you, if he shut the mouths of lions in your life that are trying to destroy you, if he took you out of the miry pit and brought you into his marvelous light, then we need to praise him, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. We give you the highest praise, dear Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. God is so merciful. He's so beautiful. I can't think of another place on the earth I'd rather be than here. Right now. Maybe heaven. <laughs> but on this earth, keep Disney World, keep every I'm not gonna name the other places. <laughs> I can't think of a better place. David said, the one thing I desire and that I seek after is to dwell within the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire into his temple. For he said, in the day of trouble. You ever had a day of trouble? You says, he said, in the day of trouble, he will deliver you and he will set us on high. Let me tell you firsthand, God is true. His word is true. And let every man be a liar. Praise God, including the devil. I want to bring to you a precious word from Psalms that tells us what we need to do in the presence of the Lord. And we should always be seeking his presence as the choir just sang so beautifully. Psalm 100 says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye lands, sing his praises. Serve the Lord with gladness. Amen. Come into his presence with singing. And the Lord, the psalmist said, know ye that the Lord, he is God. And it is he that has made us and not we ourselves. That'll be a surprise to a lot of people. There is no such thing as a self-made man or a self-made woman. We are his people. We are the sheep of his pastures. Therefore, he says, enter into my gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise amen what we're doing right now hallelujah thank you we praise you god hallelujah you can't praise him too much and then he tells us why david says because the lord is good church god is a good god and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. His word is true. His son is true. He's the way. He's the truth. And he is the life. Thank God for Jesus who gives us the victory. Amen. Our elder will bring us to prayer today. I just want to take this time out to say thank you for all my church family that sent their love and their support to Don and I. It's hard. But you know what? I can't go according to how I feel anymore. I have to go according to what the Word of God says. And when my sister asked me to pray this morning, it's with a heavy heart that I'm coming to you, God, and I'm coming to the church. But you know, like I said, I can't go according to how I feel. I have to go according to what the Word of God says. And the devil, you will be defeated. I can't let you take away my joy. 
I can't take you can I can't let you take away my spirit of praise. God has given me a gift and I'm going to use it. Even though I'm not too happy with him, I'm going to use it cuz he gave it to me. So church, I come to you this morning with a heavy heart. I didn't know if I wanted to come to you today, but here I am. Here I am to worship. Here I am to praise you, God. Here I am. So, Lord, with this, I'm going to give you everything I've got today. So, Lord, I lift our church up to you. Father God, I lift us up to you because we are human, and in our humanness, we are weak. Father God, sometimes we're winning both without a paddle, but, Lord God, if we stick to you, we know that you are God and you alone are God. And, Lord, we know if we cry out to you, you will be here, Father God. You'll be here. You'll send the comforter just like you prom- just like your son Jesus promises that you'll send the comforters. Because, Lord God, I know in the deepest depths when I couldn't pray, all I could do is hold my hands up. And I could feel my brothers and sisters praying for me. So, Father God, now I'm in the moment where I can pray for myself, Lord God. And, Father God, I ask you to strengthen me. I ask you, not just me, Father God, but the universal us. Strengthen us. Give us your power. Give us your courage. Father God, as my sister Gwen is, I know is probably in the deepest of mourning this morning for her daughters, Lord God. Father God, I want you to touch her. Give her that strength that she needs, Lord God. That peace that surpasses all understanding that the world don't understand. But Father God, when we serve you, we know that you alone can give that peace. So, Lord God, with that in heart, I ask you to give us that peace, Lord God, that peace that surpasses all understanding, Father God. Lord, we need you. Father God, we're in a dire time now, Lord God. Father God, we need your universal healing. Lord God, your word says heal this man, Lord God. So, Father God, I'm asking you to heal us, restore us, give us the peace, the joy, the comfort that we need, Lord God. Because, Father God, you alone are God. And you alone are worthy to be praised. So, Lord God, we're going to praise you today. Not because we feel like it, but because that's what you ask us to do, Lord God. Father God, when Jesus was on the mountain and he was tempted, he told the devil that he don't have to do anything because you'll send fleets of angels, Lord God. We are in dire need. We are desperate for those fleets of angels, Lord God. And, Father God, I ask you to lift up the man of God who is going to preach today, Lord God. Father, I ask you to give him the word of his mouth and the meditation of his heart. Father God, let him speak this word like he's never spoken it before, Lord God. Father God, let him continue to give you praise. Continue to bless him and his family, Lord God. All the pastors of our church, Lord God. The elders, the worship team, the members, Lord God. Father God, each and every person, the male person, Lord God, the UPS. Anybody that comes across these doors, Lord God. Father God, I ask you to bless them and bless them indeed. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Hey, CTC family. I'm Chrissy, and here's this week's news. Spring is just around the corner, and that means it is almost time for Upward Soccer. Registration for the 2021 season will open on March 1st. 
The first practices will begin the week of April 26th, and the games will begin on May 8th. We are also looking for anyone interested in being a coach or referee. For more information, contact Tim Slagle at the office. You will find the registration link on our website under the Kids and Students tab. Last weekend, we rolled out our new website. The new site gives you access to ministries, small groups, events, and so much more. You can connect with our online campus as well as view past messages. We are working hard to make this an extension of our vision to love, serve, and engage. You will find the new site at ctcde.church. On Monday, March 8th, our Ellesmere campus will host a mobile food pantry in conjunction with the Newcastle Seventh-day Adventist Church. This ministry is designed to distribute food to families in need. If you need food or know someone who would benefit from this, advanced registration is required. You will find the registration link on our website under Events. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.church or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the Bear Campus office at 302-836-2862 or the Ellesmere Campus office at 302-998-4584. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.church or if you are worshiping online, you can click the Request Prayer button at the bottom of your screen. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Have you entered into his temple with thanksgiving? Have you come into his courts with praise? If yes, Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise on this morning. Oh, thank you, Lord. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Whether you're in this room, whether you're in your home, God is there. God is able. He is able to do more than we could ask, hope, or think according to the power of Christ that resides in us. I'm just so happy this morning. You know, when we talk about... The joy of the Lord is my strength. I, I think of Psalm 18, 118, I think it is, where the psalmist and the people at the time, they were undergoing very tough, very difficult times. But they knew that God had a plan for them through their pain to bring them out, to give them joy. So when you wake up and you're already feeling tired, or maybe you're already feeling weary and worn out, remember that God, our Savior, sent his son, Jesus Christ, to give us victory, victory over sin. When God walked this earth, he lived without sin. He gave us victory over Satan. Satan has no power over, over us because we are sealed through eternity. God gave us victory over death through Christ Jesus when he rose from the grave with all power in his hand. We have been delivered. We are sanctified. We are set apart. We are set free. So that is something when we wake up, if we're feeling defeated, remember that we are never defeated. And through Christ Jesus, we have, Christ, we have victory. 
And that's just something to be very happy about. I'm so glad that God pours his spirit out on our worship services in this room, in your home. I know that if nobody was probably watching, I'd be running around doing somersaults and just thanking God for all the great things that he's done. But I know how we can be. Y'all may talk about me if I try it. You know, we always want to connect with you. So on your table, please find a connect card where you can write your name and the name of everyone else who's seated with you. If you're on a bench, there's a connect card there. If you're in our online congregation, there is a connect tab that you can click to write your name and the name of everyone that's enjoying and worshiping with you, sitting in the presence of the Lord. On that Connect card, whether it's the paper card or the virtual tab, you can list your prayer concerns. Be assured that if we know you have a need for prayer, we will pray for you by name. God hears our prayers. He answers our prayers. He is just and faithful to forgive any sin that we have committed when we ask him. Also, If you're new here, whether you're in the room or online, if you're new here in person, there is a welcome center on the other side of the celebration room that we ask that you stop in when this worship experience is over and speak to a member of our pastoral staff. If you're new here online, please fill out the new here tab. A member of our church staff will reach out to you later to give you a very special welcome. As we enter this time of giving on your table or on your bench, there is, a, there is an envelope. You can write down demographic information. You may give an offering, and you may also write prayer requests. One thing about giving to God is that we're only giving him a measure of what he has given to us. And what we give helps to do kingdom work in this world. These financial resources are an opportunity for us to show by faith that we are the hands and feet of God and to do his work, not only in our local community, but in our entire country and throughout this world. If you're online, there is a giving tab that you may click to give a one-time or recurring gift. So let's just give back to God some of what he has given to us. And now I'm going to ask that you stand with me as our brother, Kevin, comes to give the prayer before the message, before we hear from the man of God who hides himself behind the cross, our pastor. From the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verse 15 says, Let the peace of the Lord rule in your heart. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you for all that have come here today into this house of prayer. Thank you for safety that they've got here. And we are here. We can can pray and we can celebrate you in this nation. Thank you for safety in this nation, in our homes. Lord, I pray for the safety of our pastors. Pastor Sharon up in Ellesmere and Pastor Roger here and Vaughn and Pastor Bill. Protect them, Lord. Keep them safe from the evil one. 
Lord, it's time. It's time to hear your word. What is it you want to speak to us? Help us to understand. Thank you for all your blessings. Lord, you are so, so good, so good to us. And we thank you. And we come to you in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen. Good morning. Wonderful to see all of you here this morning. So glad that you're here and glad that you're here online with us today. Our series from the inside out is talking about how God desires to transform us and change us from the inside out. We're looking at a series uh, of teachings that Jesus gave as he uh, taught the people. Jesus went up onto the mountain and he saw the crowd of people And he sat down, which in those days, that was the position of leadership. That was the position of authority, sitting down. When the teacher sat down, you you, you paid attention and you shut up. (laughs) And Jesus sat down and he began to teach him. And we're looking at these. Normally, these we, we often call these the Beatitudes. They're the Sermon on the Mount. And as Jesus Jesus is teaching, he does three general things in his ministry. And these are three things that we as a church at Christ the Cornerstone seek to do all the time. We have three words that describe these things. We, we use three words, love, serve, and engage. But in Matthew chapter 4, verse 23, there's a very simple phrase that teaches us what Jesus, what his entire ministry is all about. And in Matthew 4.23, it tells us that Jesus went throughout the region of Galilee teaching in the synagogues. Jesus teaches us and he proclaimed good news about the kingdom of God. We've got good news to say to this world uh, about who God is and who Jesus is. And finally, the third thing that Jesus did is he healed all kinds of sickness and disease. We're going to look today at this verse that says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. We have good news to tell to this world. And, and we're going to looking at that today. Last week we read Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Today we continue with verse 4. So verse, I'm going to start again with verse 3. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. The next verse says, God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Older translations, some translations have the word shall in there. We don't use that so much in in our English language today. So 
Modern translators put the word will there. Doesn't matter. They will be comforted. Those who mourn. I want to tell you a story. We're going to look at some situations throughout human history that that cause us to mourn. And this is the kind of mourning that uh, that the Bible that Jesus is talking about. And it's not just mourning over somebody that's died. There are many things in our world that cause us as human beings to mourn and to grieve. So let's look at one of these. I'm going to go back to ancient history. Going to go all the way back to 525 BC, before Christ came. 525 years before Christ, and this this story comes from not the Bible, but it comes from other sources. It comes from a man named Herodotus. This is not Herodotus yet, but keep keep this guy up there. I'll tell you who he who he is in a minute. Herodotus was a Greek historian, recording. What was happening in the world during his lifetime? And in 525 B.C., this man, whose name is Cambyses, he was the ruler of the Babylonian Empire. After Nebuchadnezzar, uh, uh, this guy, I said last night in the message, isn't he pretty? It was very fashionable. I I love how he, he, you know, he's got this unibrow going. He didn't quite get the... Message about um, manscaping <laughs> these days, <laughs> and uh, yeah, very. Uh, that's a, that's a great point. I, I suspect that that's an etching, and so that's how we know what Cambyses looked like. Cambyses was the Babylonian emperor, and during the in 525 BC, he was expanding the Persian or the Babylonian Empire. And he conquered the city of Memphis in Egypt. And when he conquered Egypt, he wanted to make sure that the Egyptian pharaoh knew that Cambyses is now in charge. And so he did some things that caused some great mourning, caused some great grief. And this is, this is what Herodotus tells us from 525 B.C., This doesn't come out of the Bible. This comes out of other sources from the Bible. It says, On the tenth day after the walled city of Memphis surrendered, Cambyses, the Persian conqueror, imprisoned the Egyptian king, Semenitus, who had reigned for six months. In order to add insult to Egypt's defeat, Cambyses confined Semenitus to an outer part of the city, and there Cambyses tried to break the Pharaoh's spirit. First, he dressed Semenitus' daughter as a slave and forced her to fetch water. But he forced many other Egyptian girls to join the Pharaoh's daughter, and their imprisoned fathers wept as the girls were paraded through the streets. But Semenitus did not weep. He only Bowed to the ground. After the water carriers passed by, Cambyses forced the son of Semenitus, the prince of Egypt, and 2,000 boys his age. You've got a picture uh, of, a, of a steel uh, that shows the parade of these boys. Should be image number two, Rich. There we are. 
Oh, no. Keep going. There you go. Uh, so this is a this is a, a carving probably on stone or an image of the carving that's on stone. And uh, you can see Cambyses is the one in charge. Semenitus is the one who's being conquered. And he parades his son and 2000 other boys, boys who have been bound around their neck by ropes. He parades them through the city to execute them. Semenitus is watching this and all the other older male leaders of Egypt who have been imprisoned. They're watching this happen. And of course, they're in deep grief. All of them are weeping and wailing. But Semenitus can only again bow his head to the ground. Semenitus watched as the sons of Egypt were led to their death. Finally, Cambyses sends out an old man it happens to be one of Semenitus's old, old friends. He, at one time, his friend had been very wealthy. But as he got older and the Herodotus says past his prime, he lost all of his possessions. And now he was left to beg for food from whatever occupying army was there. When Semenitus saw his friend, he broke out in loud weeping, striking his head, calling the name of his friend. Cambyses, then seeing how Semenitus was reacting to these three parades, sent messengers to ask Semenitus, why did you weep more outwardly for your friend than you did for your daughter and your son? And this is what Semenitus says. He says, son of Cyrus, that's the that's that's uh, Cambyses, son of Cyrus. My private grief was too great for weeping. But the unhappiness of my companion deserves tears, a man falling from abundance and prosperity to the point of begging even at his old age. And Herodotus continues to write, and he says, those who were there, both the Egyptians and their allies who had been conquered also, and even the Persians, the Babylonians, wept at this scene. Cambyses himself felt some pity and decided to spare Cambyses' son from execution. How kind of him. (laughs) But the others were executed. Herodotus is telling us the kind of grief that we know we human beings have experienced in every generation. It causes us to say, what is going on? What is happening? How can we do this to each other? And we need to grieve it. We need to weep. Over it. Those are ancient circumstances that cause mourning. I want us to look at some other more recent experiences that cause humanity to say, what is going on? And to weep and wail in our own lifetimes, or at least lifetimes of many of us. I'm going to go back to World War II. Many of us can remember Pearl Harbor and the attack that our nation experienced at Pearl Harbor. Years after Pearl Harbor was uh, and, and was Martin Luther King Jr. and the movement that he was leading 
in the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. A grievous time in our nation. And then as a result of Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, being assassinated here in Wilmington, not far from us, some of us live in Wilmington, something happened that caused the that caused the National Guard to come and occupy the city of Wilmington. And the Philadelphia Inquirer put out this video about that experience, and I'd like you to watch that. Half your town is burning, so to speak, on the west side. People's businesses all the way down Market Street were just done, done in, both sides. The, the only picture that, that I could probably paint is how war would be. We don't know exactly how, but what begins as a peaceful demonstration turns into an uprising. And in response, Governor Terry sends out the entire National Guard. So we're talking nearly 3,000 individuals being sent to patrol. Uh, the streets of Wilmington. Understandably, he called out to the National Guard. A logical thing to do. But what do you do when that happens? You try to rebuild. You try to bring things back to normal. Our governor didn't do that. Our governor kept that National Guard there until the day the voters dragged him out of office. To have somebody watching every move you made, it took us totally out of our comfort zone. Uh, it changed the whole uh, feeling of safety in the city. Altogether, the assassination and the occupation changed my life forever. Everywhere you looked, there's a National Guard. My father let me drive the car, and we would get stopped for no reason. Well, why'd you stop us? Well, in one instance, maybe we don't like the hat you wear. To me then and, and now, I mean, they were doing that for the sole purpose of harassing, especially young black men. But they bothered everybody. You think about, is, is this really the way we're supposed to live? How long are they going to be here? <laughs> How long are we going to have to put up with this? I, I don't have a recollection of any positive interaction uh, with the state troopers or the National Guard at the time. It was all negative. And we were always suspect and we were constantly harassed. It wasn't just a, uh, a curfew. Um, they didn't want people walking in groups. For a long time, there was a lot of tension. You know, just a lot of tension between people and uh, on your job. Nobody talked a lot about it, but you could feel it. I saw white kids and white teachers beat up just because they were white. Some of which I played ball with, some of the teachers that were just good to us. Some of those victims never recovered. And you see them 50 years later and they still talk about it. Have you recovered? No, we haven't. It takes a minute to forget tragedy. No, we 
never recover. You know. These are things we grieve. These are things that we ought to grieve. Information. I remember as a child seeing images like these. And uh, I was two or three hours away from this area at that time. Had no idea what it meant, what it was about. I just knew that it was a grievous time for us. And since then, we still have experiences that we that we grieve. For example, another one in 1986, we watched the 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 space shuttle Challenger explode in air. And and many people were watching that happening live and then moving to 2001 and the attack on the World Trade Center. And now we get to covid We have this experience that ought to cause us to grieve because it's a difficult, difficult experience for us to go through. Grieve, grief, mourning comes easy in our days. Jesus announced, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn. What? Mourning feels horrible. And yet it is through that that we receive a blessing. Not in spite of it. Not instead of it. But through it. So don't be afraid to mourn. Mourning is an essential human activity. Always has been. And perhaps we in our culture, we might need to learn how to mourn better. <laughs> we like things so antiseptic. We like things to be clean. We like them. I remember years ago, uh, well, when I was in seminary, learning about the history of funerals, for example. And 100, 200 years ago, when a person in the family died, there was nobody to take care of that body except the family themselves. And they were in there preparing the body of their loved one. And in these days, we stay away. We, we, we call uh, the funeral director. Or we call somebody else. And it's almost as if we don't want to touch that person. But I think we've lost something in our ability to grieve when we stay away from these kinds of things. It's part of life. And we're created to grieve. We have to we have we have to find God's blessing in the grief, in the mourning. And and it's not like we can walk around it and get God's blessing over here. Give me give me your blessing, God. Oh, there's my grief right there. I'm gonna try to go over this way and and get your blessing that's over here. Uh uh-uh. uh. God is saying in <laughs> the morning is the blessing. That's, that's, that's hard. It's powerful. And it's true. Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. I want us to look at these beatitudes, not just as separate sayings that Jesus gives, but let's look at these beatitudes, these sayings as a process. So last week, We started the process with this phrase. Blessed are those who realize their need for God, for the kingdom of God, all that is of God, is theirs. That was last week's message. And that's that's the start of the process. 
The next step of the process is those who mourn. What do we do when we realize that we need God? Of course, the next thing we're going to do is mourn. (laughs) Because we've lost something. We've lost our connection with God. We've lost our relationship with God. We've lost a loved person. We've lost a job. We've lost a physical ability because of an illness. And it causes us to realize our need for God. And we've got to name it. We've got to mourn it. And in that naming of the loss, we will experience blessing. It is God's plan. It is God's process for bringing blessing to us. Not that we go over it, around it, under it, but through it. Remember Psalm 23? Yea, though... I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Why? Why? Because the Lord is with you. Blessed are those. Blessed. Let me put it this way. Blessed. Maybe maybe you can say it with me. Blessed are we. Blessed are we. When we mourn, we shall be comforted in the morning. Don't miss the blessing from God. Don't miss the blessing from God. It comes in the morning. This is what Jesus is teaching us. This is what he's saying. Number one, we realize our need for God. And when we do, God is placing us within his realm, within his reign, within his kingdom. He rules. Who, who, who quoted that? Somebody quoted it. I don't know if it was one of the praise team or whether. But the, may the peace of Christ. It was Kevin. Somebody said it earlier this morning. May the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. When we mourn, God places us within the kingdom of God. God is not far from you when you mourn. You might not feel it. That's a human thing. But the truth, the divine thing, is that God is with you in it. And so, first, we realize our need for God. And secondly, we've got to name it. We've got to say, God, this hurts. God, why? And we may not get an answer to the question, why? We may never get an answer to the question, why? But it certainly is, uh, 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 comes out of our human nature to ask. And let's remember that grief looks differently to different people. Remember Semenitus, the Pharaoh? His grief for his son and his daughter and then his friend didn't all look the same. And we've got to be merciful to one another as we are with one another through grieving. I think we've all probably been in families or we've had friends where they have been deeply grieving over something and somebody comes along meaning to to be well and they yell, just get over it! 
Really what they're saying is, forget going through it, just go over it. And you can't do that. We've got to be patient with one another and encouraging of one another. That's why, that's why, as soon as I saw Sharon this morning, Sharon, some of you may not realize that Sharon is the woman who, who offered a prayer earlier and I came and stood beside her. She came and stood beside Vaughn to encourage Vaughn because he is grieving and Sharon is grieving a loss. And they held one another in that. And, and then Vaughn walked away and my heart said, no, we can't let Sharon stand up there by herself. And so I walked from the back to the front and came up here and just placed my hand beside Sharon because we need not be alone in our grief. We have to hold one another. And help one another and encourage one another and be there for one another. We may not know what in the world to say, but just sending a card, just making a phone call and asking, talking about the weather or just making them feel like, okay, life is going on. And I am part of it and I'm not alone. That helps. That helps one another in the grief as we're holding one another. I want to show you a picture of of my nephew's daughter. Her name is Nova Lee. And uh, Nova Lee is my sister's granddaughter. Did I say that right? My sister Elaine has a granddaughter named Nova Lee, born to my nephew. i got to get used to looking this way. Isn't Nova Lee beautiful? I don't know. Sister Elaine, if you're watching, good morning. Uh, Mom and dad of Nova Lee, if you're watching, good morning. And uh, glad that you're with us. I I called them yesterday. I haven't spoken or seen my nephew in five years. And we talked yesterday because I wanted to use Nova Lee as an illustration. This quilt that you see, uh, my sister just finished it. She's going to give it to a, a, a friend of hers or somebody that has a long arm quilting machine, something like that. And he's going to stitch. He's going to actually do the quilting. But Elaine put this quilt together. I'm going to embarrass my sister. And I said, my response to it was, Elaine, I didn't know you were so crafty. Oh, excuse me. I didn't know you were so art- such an artisan. That's beautiful. Good job, Elaine. She's going to slap me next time I see her. <laughs> but you can see these flowers here, tulips. And then they turn into butterflies. And the butterflies have all these colors and how beautiful, how beautiful it is to look at that. Why am I showing you this picture of Nova Lee? Nova Lee is nine months old. They discovered uh, when Nova Lee was born, uh, of course, the Facebook messages go out to the whole family and the friends and everybody's rejoicing and happy, happy. And then a couple hours after that, Facebook went quiet. And we noticed that nobody's saying anything anymore about Nova Lee. And we wondered what was going. And on the side, not on Facebook, I think a couple of us texted my sister and we got the reply that, yes, the doctors are looking at something. They're doing some tests. And so we just waited. Discovered that Nova Lee was born with a chromosome with a DNA that's described as Turner's syndrome. And Turner's syndrome causes some develop. They develop slowly. And they may have heart issues, they may have lung issues, they may have, as they grow up, they may not mature the way most everybody else matures. And so, uh, those of 
us who have children and some of us have children who were born with certain disabilities, uh, things weren't quite right. It's frightening to hear that. Um, We also learned that only 2% of children who have this chromosome uh, configuration make it through birth. Only 2% actually are able to be born. And here's Nova Lee. Beautiful. And we pray that Nova Lee will continue to grow and mature and become the woman that God desires her to become. A blessing. <laughs> because all of us were created to be a blessing to others. Right? That's the purpose of life, to give glory to God and to be a blessing to others. And so we, we rejoice in Nova Lee's life. I was talking with her mom and dad yesterday, and what a beautiful spirit they have. Willing to take whatever's coming down the road. And that's life, too. We don't ever know what we're going to have to deal with in life. But we make that commitment to love and to provide and to teach. And we'll deal with whatever comes. And so I'm proud of, of my nephew and his wife and what they're doing. They are rejoicing over the life of Nova Lee. And they're willing to do what is required. But there are times that these kinds of experiences cause us to mourn and to grieve. And we need to name it. Sometimes we we just need to say, God, I'm afraid. God, what if I can't provide for this child? What if I can't teach this child? What if this child gets even more sick? Or what what do we know? Well, we can't be afraid of those things. God is with us through those things. Jesus leads us through this process of realizing our need of God and in our mourning. Let's look at John chapter 16, verses 19 through 22. This is a time when Jesus is, uh, is in the upper room with his disciples before Jesus is arrested, tried, and then crucified. Jesus knows that his death is coming, but his disciples are clueless. And Jesus says these things. He's telling his disciples what's going to happen. And I want you to pretend that you are one of his disciples sitting there listening. You think you're just enjoying a meal with Jesus. (laughs) But Jesus starts saying strange things. As Jesus was talking, Jesus realized that they wanted to ask him about the things he was saying. And so Jesus said, are you asking yourselves what I meant I said, in a little while, you won't see me. But a little while after that, you will see me again. I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn over what is going to happen to me. But the world will rejoice. You will grieve. But then your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. We don't know when that's going to happen. We don't know when that's going to happen. And I think in our world, and we, we, Jesus is alive now. 
Jesus has sent his spirit to be with us. So our experience, I'm so glad for this, our experience may be like this when we're grieving. There may be moments when we feel the weight of our grief for whatever it is. And then suddenly we get a phone call from somebody and our mourning turns to wonderful joy. Not just because somebody called us, but because God is with us in that moment. He says, you will weep and mourn over what's going to happen. You'll grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. Not just joy, (laughs) wonderful joy. It will be like a woman suffering the pains of labor when her child is born. Her anguish gives way to joy because she's brought a new baby into the world. I always wonder if we can be honest enough. I'm a man. I'm very cautious to describe what it's like to give birth. (laughs) Because I have no idea. And I wonder, do you women, when you hear Jesus say these things, do you say, Jesus, you you never gave birth. What do you know what it's like? Anyway. It will be like a woman, Jesus says, suffering pains of labor. child is born and her anguish gives way to joy because she's brought life into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again. Then you will rejoice. And no one can rob you of that no one can take your joy that I give you away. I can imagine the disciples sitting at Jesus, sitting at that table with Jesus, hearing him say these things. And his disciples are saying, Jesus, what are you talking about? We're having a meal. <laughs> you really going to take us down this road? And they have absolutely no clue. What's going to happen? I remind myself of taking a new job, for example. I'm clueless when I make that decision to take that job of how I'm going to be able to do that job. I don't know what troubles are going to come. But I just I'm excited to take that job. But I'm clueless as to what's going to happen afterwards. But I sometimes I. I go fearfully into experiences. Sometimes I go eagerly into experiences. Sometimes with great care. And sometimes I just plunge right into it without any concern of causing harm to anybody else or great help to others. I just plunge right in. Listen carefully. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn over what's going to happen to me. The world will rejoice. You will grieve, but your grief will suddenly turn to wonderful joy. Can you hear the question of the disciples? Jesus, what are you talking about? I want to give you permission to mourn. I want to be careful Because there's sometimes some of us, I don't want anybody to get down into a place that they can't come back (laughs) in their mourning. But we need to be able to mourn and grieve. So I want to give you permission to tell God what 
your loss feels like. He can handle it. Others may not be able to handle you telling them what your loss feels like, but Jesus can. God can. I want to give you permission to do that. I realize that's a scary thing to do. We need to, one, realize our need for God, and two, name it, tell God that it hurts. God will listen. There might be a couple next steps you could take. You might not have any idea about what I'm talking about, just like the disciples, and you're at least curious. So I invite you to let yourself say to Jesus, Lord, I don't know what Pastor Roger's talking about. It doesn't make any sense to me, but I am willing to trust you with my grief. Will you come and show me what it means to do that? And if you make a decision like that, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to you fill out a connect card and just say, hey, Pastor Roger, I made a decision to trust Jesus today. Let me know about that. He died for your sins to forgive you so that you can come to God without fear Anything God will do. God will turn around and look at you mercifully and lovingly and say, I love you. Thank you for coming to me. I hear you and I am with you. And I will give you my Holy Spirit so that you can endure. And one day your grief will turn to wonderful joy. I don't think we have to wait long for that to happen. Because Jesus gives us his Holy Spirit, which immediately gives us a sense of calm, a sense of peace in our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for that. So you can do that this morning. Send us a text. Send us a a message of some sort. You might want to join us for the Beyond meeting, which meets on Zoom uh, at 12 o'clock this morning or this afternoon uh, after our second service. Let's take some time now to pray together. If you're at home, you certainly can pray in your home while we continue to sing. If you're here in the room, I invite you, if you want to come forward, and just kneel here at the platform area. And and you can tell God it hurts. We'll come and we'll help you. We'll support you. We'll pray with you as you experience God's love in your life today. Let's pray together. I invite you, if you're here in the room, to stand. Let's stand together as we sing and as we continue to worship God. And listen to him and talk with him. Let's pray together. We're dust to dust, meaning amazing grace. In love of God, never to be.